on this episode of Optimal Health Uncovered. 85% of the healthcare costs that are in that big number we gave you are spent on chronic conditions. So I look at that and I say, we need to do more from a preventative standpoint uh, to get in front of this and put the work in because in the end, we can't keep having these numbers double every 10 to 15 years. Our, Our economy can't sustain that. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Optimal Health Uncovered. Today, it's just me and Todd over here. Mike left us for a beach. Some beach somewhere. I think he's down in the Outer Banks, actually. He should have taken us with him. It's a nice time to leave. I hope he doesn't get hit with the storm that's coming up from uh, down in Florida, though. Yeah, that would be be bad. Hopefully, he gets out soon. Mike, hope you enjoy your vacation with your family. (laughs) We're tackling a topic, you know, up. Not in your wheelhouse, but more in just, you know, the wheelhouse of the economics of healthcare and the cost of healthcare. Yeah, which, I mean, costs have risen exponentially over the years. I'm sure you've encountered a lot of conversations about the rising healthcare costs. How do you usually approach those? Yeah, I actually love those questions because I I find it, you know, my chance to really educate people because there's a lot of information out there as far as the numbers, but you know, trying to help people make sense. And for me, it's like, oh, insurance is so expensive and it still doesn't cover a lot. I'd like to unpack as we talk through this uh, today. Things like that, where just educating people and giving them more information as to what it covers, why it's so expensive uh, and digging into it. I think we'll talk about some of that uh, during the discussion today and the cost of medical care how it compares now to, you know, 50 years ago, what we're doing well, what we could use some work on. Yeah. So can you dive into how much costs have increased over the years? I want to get a bit of a, an idea of what we're talking about here. Yeah. So we spend a lot of money uh, in the U S on healthcare costs in 2019. I think we spent $3.8 trillion on healthcare. So when you average it out, Per, for the population, it's about $11,500 per person. Wow. Estimates, and this is where it really gets scary, by 2028, just nine years later, it's expected to go to $6.2 trillion and average $18,000 per person. So that, that's a lot of dollars being spent. If we go back 50 years ago in 1960, 5% of the gross domestic, uh, domestic product, the GDP, was spent on healthcare. Today, It's 18%. And looking at that number for 2028 that I gave you, it's going to go up, you know, probably in the low 20s, which is pretty scary when you think about it. Yeah, especially when you compare it to other countries. I doubt another country has that much, that high of a percentage of their GDP. I'm sure they're spending it on other things. And and that's the argument. The healthcare expense is so high in the States, and our outcomes and our uh, satisfaction. are not as high as you would expect. We're not in the top 10 uh, around the country, but yet we're the number one spender. So that's something we'll unpack today. You know, spending is kind of a a product of, you know, the price and the utilization. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we have an aging population, right? We're we're living longer, uh, which is great. That 
in itself means that there's going to be more people that need more care because we all know as the body ages, it needs a little bit more. The cost, though, is also going up technologies and the cost of new technology and new medications. You you multiply those together and it adds up quickly. So what are the main sort of illnesses or diseases that you've seen increase as we age or at least increase in um, occurrence? Yeah, I, I think everything's expensive. I, I kind of bulk it into, you know, at, from a performance optimal health perspective, I, I, I look at what illnesses are preventable. And the top four causes of death or illness are heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and obesity. And now as we look at that, I, if you put the lens on and say, well, how much does it cost us to take care of those individuals? You know, heart disease we have a third of the deaths in the United States are from heart disease. And that's about 800,000 people die each year. The cost of treating heart disease is $214 billion a year. And that's not to say the, the loss in productivity of not being on the job. And that's another $138 billion. So there is a lot of cost in just helping people with heart disease. The second one is cancer. You know, we have 1.7 million people diagnosed each year with cancer and almost a third, 600,000 people die each year of cancer. So the cost of cancer care is a whopping $174 billion a year, another big ticket item. Another one that's really expensive is the care of diabetes. We, we spend $327 billion in just the cost of treating diabetes. So... And that's not even taken into account the the lost productivity of people when they're ill, not being able to go to work. So these are things that add up. And the last one is kind of obesity. You know, 42% of adults are either obese or overweight, overweight or obese. This in itself is a risk factor for increasing, you know, heart disease and obesity can lead to cancer and diabetes. So it's kind of like, I think how do you unwind all this and work backwards? And that's, that's where my mind goes. And, you know, the discussion back to your original question of what do you say to people? Well, I kind of tie this all together and I throw out the stats of it's expensive. Here's how much it costs. But I look at those four, you know, illnesses we just listed and I'm like, they're preventable. So that's where I take the decision or the, the discussion and we talk about, well, who's accountable and who's responsible. In the end, it's all of us as individuals who are living our lives and making decisions every day of how we choose to live and what type of things we do or don't do that affect and lead to these illnesses that in the end, maybe not now, end up costing us a lot of money. And the numbers add up to those big numbers we started with. Especially when so many of these are, in, they're all intertwined. I mean, you can start eating poorly and then move on to obesity and that increases your risk of heart disease. And it, then you're stuck with not just one, but two long-term illnesses or at least um, heart health issues. And you really have to start preventing these diseases early on. As, as soon as you wait, costs go up even more. And then the public is paying it through taxes, by supporting Medicare, by or even just out of your own pocket. It's a lot of money to try to undo the past. Yeah, that's a good point you made. You know, half of our population has at least one of those chronic diseases we just discussed. And we know that 85% of the healthcare costs that are in that big number we gave you are spent on chronic conditions. So 
I look at that and I say, we need to do more from a preventative standpoint uh, to get in front of this and put the work in because in the end, we can't keep having these numbers double every 10 to 15 years. Our, our economy can't sustain that. And there's, we've got to find ways to improve efficiencies and reduce that cost over time. And the only thing that you know, I keep coming down the same road and the path is it's in prevention. And, and that's kind of where, you know, our company has evolved through the last couple of years is, you know, when we created performance 19 years ago, it was a physical therapy practice. It was all about recovery. Okay. Something's wrong. I'm going to fix the problem after it's already broken. And then, you know, about 10, 12 years ago, we started digging into I don't want to continue to do that and nor do the therapist because it's just frustrating and the problem, the numbers in 10 years inflate a lot and they get bigger. And that's kind of where we started to emphasize pulling a, a, a team together to look at optimizing the way people live. And a lot of it for me was around these, the numbers around these chronic diseases and 85% of them being preventable. And the overall, from a business standpoint, and the bigger scope and seeing these numbers, what could we do to, to reduce the, the numbers for everyone and that burden so it's not 18000 per individual per year on healthcare and we're not getting a better product? I mean, yeah, you're the CEO of Performance Optimal Health. It's, it's literally in the name that you try to help people and help them achieve their optimal health. How, so on a day-to-day basis or just overall, how do you help people identify ways in which they can prevent this disease, whether it's through the four pillars of optimal health, exercise, recovery, nutrition, and stress management, or even just some random pieces of advice that anyone can follow. Yeah. I I think it all comes back to, can we be educators? And it doesn't matter any of those four pillars, just informing people. Like I said, when we started, this is going to be great to just let people know. And this is what I tell everyone. They ask about the cost, but I also you know, I lead with the education in each of the areas. So if we're talking about, you know, what kind of risk factors lead to the chronic disease, as we spoke of smoking cigarettes, lack of physical activity, excessive alcohol use, and poor nutrition. So my discussion usually starts with pick any one of those. Let's talk about, you know, excessive alcohol use. We've done podcast episodes, a couple of them through the, through the last year and a half, talking about Alcohol's effect on the body, alcohol's effect on choices you make, alcohol's effect on your body's metabolism and weight gain, alcohol's effect on performance if you're exercising. So just, I would encourage people go back into our past episodes and dig into those alcohol episodes. But that's how I started. I just educate on what alcohol does and people start to listen a little bit more. I'm like, okay, maybe we got a little catch. And then I wait for the next question because if you throw a lot of things at people, it overwhelms them. And the people who have these chronic diseases or are on the path to chronic disease, like a pre-diabetic individual, the last thing they want to be told is, you do this, you do that. And they, they look at someone, you know, I, I try and you know, stay within the boundaries and st- eat relatively well and stay fit. They're like, oh, it's easy for you. Well, it's not easy for anyone. It's, it's, it's hard for me to make those decisions, but I try and bring it to a level where I'm trying to imagine what they're going through and they're thinking and processing. And a lot of times it, it's not that people aren't trying, it's that people just aren't educated enough on what's good for them, 
what's not, you know, how it affects their body because everybody's different. Uh, so that, that's kind of where I take the discussion. And I think that's where we play the biggest role is in educating people. And I start with, you know, just digging into risk factors. Like if they're not physically active and I know that lack of physical activity can lead to heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and obesity, I just talk about the stats and I'll bring up, uh, articles, journal articles that are out there that come out or something comes out in the New York times. And I know a lot of people are reading or something that's trending on social media. I'll have that discussion and it kind of opens the door. Yeah. And I think it's also very important to remember that people can't make all of these changes at once. They need to go in slowly. And they also need to remember that if you make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. It's not like you're all the way back to step one. You can make incremental changes. You can start off with having maybe um, you only drink alcohol on Saturdays and then you start doing walks three times a week and then move up to five, making sure you eat better and making sure you Maybe have a couple of cigarettes a week and then keep going down and down. And then again, remembering that it's okay to sometimes mess up, but it's also important to keep yourself accountable and not let that get you fully down. Absolutely. I think this all or nothing mentality is horrible when you're talking about modification or change. I think it's gradual and it's not about taking away. It's about the positive and, and reflecting. You'll feel better if you try this or from a nutritional standpoint, okay, what do you put on your plate? Well, I have a big porterhouse steak. I have uh, mashed potatoes and you know, I have a big dessert. I'm like, so fruits, vegetables, you know, Where are consider, they? <laughs> yeah, consider putting some fruit on or, and I, and I just, you know, take little pieces. I'm like, I don't take anything away. Maybe I'll add even, I'm like, okay, add the, add the fruits, uh, or add uh, a healthier vegetable option. Uh, and then I may say, if, if we're talking about, okay, you drink a bottle of wine with dinner, I'm like, eh, maybe two glasses instead. You're still going to have just as much fun. You enjoy the wine if it's a good wine, and it, it goes with your dinner. And then little by little, weeks and months later, people tend to say, oh, that, that, that fruit really helps calm my palate. I didn't need the lava cake at the end with the ice cream, the fruit was enough to give me the sugar that I was looking for. My body was looking for at that time. And then you gradually back off. So to your point, it's, it's gradual and it's not really restricting people. It's just educating them and letting them make choices and slowly unwinding things. Yeah. I also think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are positive influences, whether that is a medical professional, a coach, a trainer, um, or even just your friends. I mean, what your friends do has a huge impact on your behavior. Also your environment. You live in Connecticut. You can go hiking everywhere. You can go on beautiful walks and runs, go down the harbor. Take advantage of that. Take advantage of your surroundings um, and maybe grab a friend. And I know we recommend having an accountability buddy. So if you want to start running, run with a friend. And now you're both getting um, more used to a healthy lifestyle. It's a great idea, you know, and I encourage that often. Um with anything, if they're trying to lose weight, you know, find a partner. If they're trying to start exercising again, it doesn't have to be a run. It could be just a walk outdoors and it, you know, environments, it could be Connecticut. It could be Colorado. It could be Florida. It could be Mississippi. You can walk anywhere, right? It's just a matter of getting out, but you know, no one likes walking by themselves or I do, but you know, (laughs) a lot of people don't and bring a friend and engage. And we know that being socially active helps with oxytocin release and just good, 
you know, hormone release and it encourages you to do more things that are positive for you. So yeah, definitely encourage finding a partner in crime to help you through your, your journey. I also think another slightly tangentially related piece of advice um, for helping prevention is knowing what your risks are, which is genetic testing, for example. You want to know what family history have. You want to see what exactly you need to focus on. So if you do need to prioritize your health, what aspects do you prioritize based off of what risks do you have? Yeah, that, that's kind of the third or fourth step I usually take in discussions. For one, because not everyone wants to know. Not everyone has the availability or the resources to afford that type of testing. And it's still evolving. I think there are some interesting things with genetics. And it's always fun to say, uh, I thought I was from here, but no, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm, my family history stems from other parts of the world. So I think genetic testing, I'm really excited about that. I think that's going to grow a lot in the next 10 years, but that's probably something I'll, you know, that's for the people who are already along in their journey. That's not something I throw at them first. Some things I'll do to help out are very simple are just like wearables or trackers, a little watch or a little pedometer, just steps and monitoring and just helping people measure what you do. What's measured is actually, you know, something where you you set some goals and you put it out there and you can achieve those goals and set little milestones and it helps push you a little bit more. So I'm, I'm all for the wearables. You can Um, even use your phone as a pedometer. Exactly. So phones, watches, you know, whatever you can do and track mileage. If you don't have any of that, just, you know, how far it is to the local gas station, walk down and back and you get a mile in. And then, you know, maybe you do that one and a half times and it just increases from there. I think we covered a lot of things. Do you have any final words to bring us home? No, just to bring it full circle. I think we all have to do our part uh, in reducing healthcare costs. You know, there are a lot of things that are out there that help that are the reasons why healthcare costs go up. You know, I think as healthcare practitioners right now, we're compensated for quantity, not quality. I want to see more quality in what people are doing uh, and get paid based on those outcomes. The population growing more unhealthy. I'd like to see, you know, all the little things we talked about today, you know, everyone take a little bit of accountability and it doesn't have to be big things. Uh, the biggest thing I hear about, you know, let's say accountability and unhealthy things are around diet and like, I can't afford to eat well. I would question that, you know, it costs, you know, eight, nine bucks for a combo meal at, you know, Wendy's McDonald's right now. I'm sure you can go to the store and get some fruits and some vegetables and have a really nice meal for $6, right? It just takes a little more effort. So you got to put a little bit more into it. I'm a tech junkie. So I love technology, but that's, you know, the costs are up because technology costs money. So just being aware of that and using tech to help uh, create more efficiencies in systems, uh, I think will help lower costs, but we've got to figure out, you know, make sure we're not spending too much money on that. Transparency and fees, you know, this is something, uh, there's some new policies out as far as being more transparent with healthcare costs. And I have this discussion a lot with clients about, well, how much is it? Well, we try and be as transparent as possible in our business, but I know, you know, people get upset by, oh, it's just so expensive. And I didn't know it was going to cost that when I went to the hospital or the surgery. We need to be more transparent so people can have more ownership over the decisions they make. And that'll take it back to 
quality over quantity. You know, people are willing to pay for things that they see value in, whether it's going and buying the fruits and vegetables and then feeling better and, you know, spending money on food or whether it's a healthcare consumption and getting good results. So I think there's a, a lot of areas where that if we just give it a little bit more thought and a little bit more effort and get more focused on, you know, the positive versus the negative, we're going to end up controlling costs to where they don't go up quite as high, but maintaining where they're at now. You know, I, I think our consumer price index for goods and services in the U.S. is about 2.1%. For medical care, it's 3.5%. So if we can get that number from increasing 3.5% and down in the twos and contain it a little bit more, I, I think we'll be in a better position 5, 10, 20 years down the road. All right. I think that's everything. If anybody has any other questions, whether it's about this topic or healthcare costs or preventative measures or honestly anything else health related, feel free to email us at podcast at performanceoptimalhealth.com and we'll be back next week with more health related content. Have fun, Mike. <laughs>